Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, it's Thomas Party. Welcome to this edition of Arsenal Audio Magic Program. <laughs> Arsenal versus FK Burnaglimt, Thursday, October the 6th, 2022, kick-off 8pm. The contents, captain's notes, around Arsenal, sustainability, player feature, William Saliba, community voice, foundation voice, minute detail, academy young gun, inside job, Mark Brindle, visitors, FK Glimt. Match action. FC Zurich versus Arsenal. Match action. Tottenham Hotspur. And teams. Martin Odegaard. Captain's Notes. What a brilliant match it was to play in on Saturday. Just a fantastic atmosphere. It was a big, big game, of course, and the energy we played with was amazing, as was the energy from the fans. And in the end, we got a fantastic win too. As you could see, we were all very, very happy at the final whistle. It was a great goal from Thomas to put us ahead. We knew before the game that he could be free in those areas, and we practiced that a lot. We worked on it in training, to find him in those areas, and on the day he delivered with a great shot. I think he played a great game all round as well, so a lot of credit to him, and of course to the team. After we went ahead, we called the boys together for a huddle, and we were just speaking about staying focused. Just normal things to keep going and stay focused, but it showed that this team has a great togetherness. After Tottenham scored the equaliser, I felt it was crucial that we got back in front so early in the second half. We showed great character and confidence to do this. We dominated the game from the start, but they scored out of nothing, and so it was important to strike back, get the momentum again and pick up the energy. That second goal was crucial, and from that moment, I think we controlled the game again. We were comfortable, especially when we went two goals up, and after they had a man sent off too. We were able to keep the pressure up after that point, and it was a solid win in the end. But really I want to mention the atmosphere inside Emirates Stadium on Saturday. It was amazing, really amazing. It was a top, top atmosphere, and I just have to say thank you to you, our supporters, for all your backing this year, and for that game especially. It was incredible to play out there. 
You really do make a positive difference, and you can all be proud of the part you played in the win. We wanted to send you all home happy, because we play for you. We know how much you help us, we know how much you believe in us, and we want to give you something back. Let's go again with the same spirit and togetherness back at the Emirates tonight in the Europa League. Personally, it's a special moment for me to be playing against a Norwegian team today. I know a lot about Bodo. They're a small club from the north of Norway who've done really well over the last few years. They've always been a small club and they've often been between the first and second division in the Norwegian league, sometimes up, sometimes down. But over the past few years, they've been really strong. They've made some great signings and they have an excellent coach too in Kjetil Nutsen. They've given him the time to work there and they have a very solid team now. The way they play the game, everyone knows the system and it's been working really well for them. They've been building something special up there, that's for sure, and we will face a strong team tonight. They're well organised and when you watch them, you realise that they all know their role in the team and what they have to do. It's been a while since I was playing in Norwegian football, of course, but I follow it still, and I think over the last few years it's improved again. There was a drop in the quality for a few years, but now I feel like it's getting better again. It's more competitive now, and there are a few teams up there that can fight to win the title. I think Mulder will end up winning the league pretty convincingly this season, but you have three or four teams who can fight to be in the top three, so it's more competitive now. There are some good young players coming through and the clubs have a bit more money now from playing European football and selling players on. Obviously there isn't quite the same quality as we have here in the Premier League but there's no doubt that Norwegian football is stronger than it was and will face a difficult game tonight. For me personally, I'm looking forward to the trip over there next week for the away game. It will be special to go to Norway with Arsenal and I know we have a lot of supporters over there in the country. It will be nice to go back home, even though it's pretty far from where I live. It's very far north, so a long way from where I'm from, but it will be nice to go back. It'll be a bit colder than we're used to, I guess, but actually at this time of year, it's not too bad. Better to go there now than in the winter. For the first time this season, we're now in a run where we have to play league games straight after a European game, something we didn't have last year, so we'll need to get used to the new routine quickly. It will change our preparation a little bit this season and the game load for the players who play both games in a week will be higher so we need to be even better with our recovery and take care of the body better. We have to make sure we're as well prepared as possible but we have a really good squad so the manager can make rotations as well if he needs to. For me, I just want to play all the time at the moment. I just enjoy playing and I'm never going to complain about playing too much. That's another advantage of us having a young squad as well. We're all raring to go. October looks like it will be a very important month. We play so many games against teams that are around us at the moment. Some strong teams. So of course we want to build the momentum, stay at the top fighting. And that's our aim. To do that, we have to keep winning. Whatever competition we're playing in. So let's do it together again tonight. As ever, thanks for your support. Around Arsenal. Cover stars. We hope you enjoyed the first wraparound cover of the season for tonight's programme. Club photographer Stuart McFarlane 
who many of you will have seen play a starring role in last season's NLD on All or Nothing, took the shot as kick-off approached. Gabriel Jesus was rallying the players as his captain, Martin Odegaard, was performing the coin toss in the centre circle with referee Anthony Taylor, Tottenham skipper Hugo Lloris and the matchday mascots. Whatever our Brazilian striker said, the team certainly performed magnificently on a day that will long remain in the memory of all the Arsenal supporters inside a raucous Emirates stadium. Gunners to face champions Lyon in Europe Arsenal women have been drawn to play Lyon, Juventus and FC Zurich in Group C of the Women's Champions League. Lyon are the eight-time defending champions, while Italian champions Juve are managed by former Arsenal boss Joe Montemuro, who led the Gunners to the WSL title in 2018-19. stroke The Gunners reached the group stage thanks to a 1-0 win in Amsterdam last week, which gave us a 3-2 aggregate win over Ajax. Dutch striker Viviane Midema scored the all-important goal in the country of her birth to secure our progress, and Arsenal will now look to win a trophy we lifted as part of our historic quadruple in 2007. Matches will take place on October 19th-20th, October 26th-27th, November 23rd-24th, December 7th-8th, December 15th-16th, and December 21st stroke 22nd. Fixture details will be confirmed in the coming days, but all three of the Gunners' home fixtures are scheduled to take place here at Emirates Stadium, and we would love your support. PSV Reminder A reminder that the Gunners' first scheduled home match in the Europa League was postponed on Thursday, September 15th, due to the death of Her Majesty the Queen. The game will now be played at Emirates Stadium on Thursday, October 20th, with a 6pm kick-off. Our next match in this competition is the return fixture with tonight's opponents, Bodo Stroke Glimt. When we travel to Norway next Thursday, October 13th, a game with a 5.45 UK kick-off. Arctic Monkeys at Emirates We are delighted to announce that Arctic Monkeys will play at Emirates Stadium on Friday, June 16th, Saturday, June 17th, and Sunday, June 18th, 2023, as part of a major UK and Ireland summer tour. Following news of their forthcoming album, The Car, out on October 21st, Arctic Monkeys have lined up the biggest UK and Irish tour of their career to date, with shows set for May and June 2023. Arctic Monkeys join an illustrious list of artists and bands to play at our home since it opened in 2006. Following in the footsteps of Bruce Springsteen, Coldplay, Green Day and Muse. This summer we also hosted The Killers who played two sold-out shows as part of their Imploding the Mirage tour, supported by singer-songwriter Sam Fender. Our Chief Commercial Officer Juliet Slot said, It is a true honour to host homegrown talent like Arctic Monkeys at Emirates Stadium. This band have cemented themselves as a key pillar of British music culture over the last 15 years and we cannot wait to see the hit-packed show they bring next summer. The announcement that Arctic Monkeys will play here reaffirms Emirates Stadium's reputation as a world-class multi-purpose venue in the heart of London. Tickets are on sale now from www.gigsandtours.com and www.ticketmaster.co.uk 
Hospitality packages will be available from Friday, September 30th, 2022 from www.hospitality.arsenal.com Past meetings Arsenal have played Norwegian sides just six times previously. Our full record is European Cup first round, first leg, September 15th, 1971. Strom Godset 1, Arsenal 3, Simpson, Marinello, Kelly. European Cup first round, second leg, September 29th, 1971. Arsenal 4, Radford 2, Kennedy, Armstrong. Strom Godset 0. UEFA Champions League Group Stage September 29, 2004 Rosenberg 1, Arsenal 1, Lundberg UEFA Champions League Group Stage December 7, 2004 Arsenal 5, Pires, Fabregas, Henri, Reyes, Van Persie Rosenberg 1 UEFA Europa League Group Stage November 5, 2020 Arsenal 4 Haugen, own goal. Sinyan, own goal. Pepe, Willock. Molde, 1. UEFA Europa League, group stage, November 26, 2020. Molde, 0. Arsenal, 3. Pepe, Nelson, Belogan. Full record. Played 6, won 5, drawn 1, lost 0. 4-20, against 4. This is therefore our first ever meeting with Bodo Glimt, who tonight become the 102nd different team to play against us at Emirates Stadium. Arsenal remembers Bertie Renty Pace. Much loved father of four to Risa, Ronnie, Richie and Remy. Husband to Sasha. Sadly passed away on August 21st, age 51. Renty was a huge Arsenal fan and loved going to matches with his boys on a regular basis. Arsenal win big against Real Madrid. The Arsenal Philippines football team triumphed in a friendly game against Pena Madrista Filipinas, the local Real Madrid supporters club, held on September 24th, 2022 at the Circuit Blue Pitch in Makati City, Metro Manila. Both Arsenal A and B teams won their respective mixed seven-a-side games with final scores of 6-1 and 7-2. Despite the overcast and drizzly weather, family and friends turned up in force to cheer for the Filipino Gunas. This was the first official football match between these two supporters clubs and there are more planned against other groups in the upcoming months. The plan is to eventually expand into a formal cup alongside other local football supporters groups while encouraging interest in the sport and bonding with local Arsenal fans. The Philippines is dominated by boxing and basketball, but interest in football has been growing in the past few years, especially now the women's national team are World Cup bound in 2023 for the first time in the country's history. As the first fan club of any league to be officially recognised in the Philippines, Arsenal Philippines is committed to its mission to promote interest in the club and football as a whole. This supporters' cuff is just the first step of many towards this goal and the club aims to win a lot more trophies like their North London counterparts. Great work in Uganda. This issue we want to highlight the work of Edith's Hope, a charity that works to lift people out of poverty in Uganda with a particular focus on orphan children who have lost both parents. Edith's Hope provides funds to help educate, feed and house its residents having built a school for orphan children and homes for families. 
It also promotes equality for girls and women, including those without parents to help and guide them. Arsenal have strong support there thanks to long-standing fan Spencer Honeyball passing on merchandise. You can find out more about the charity's work at www.edithshope.org. Barry James We were saddened to hear that lifelong Arsenal supporter Barry James sadly passed away on September 2nd at the age of 89. He was a regular at Highbury and had a close affiliation with the club for over 40 years. Barry was often pitch site, presenting awards and trophies in his role as a director at Barclays, the league sponsor at the time. He will be dearly missed by all who knew him, and we send our deepest condolences to Barry's family and friends. Ticket news. Home tickets. Arsenal vs Liverpool. Premier League, Sunday, October 9th, kick-off, 4.30pm. Cat A. Tickets are on sale to Silver, Red, Cannon and Junior Gunner members via the Ticket Exchange Service. Arsenal vs PSV Eindhoven Europa League, Thursday, October 20th, kick-off 6pm, CAT EL4 Tickets are on sale to Silver, Red, Cannon and Junior Gunner members via the Ticket Exchange Service. Arsenal vs Nottingham Forest, Premier League, Sunday, October 30th, kick-off 2pm Cat C. Tickets are now on sale to Silver, Red, Cannon and Junior Gunner members via the Ticket Exchange Service. Arsenal vs FC Zurich. Europa League, Thursday, November 3rd, kick-off 8pm. Cat EL4. Tickets are on sale to Silver, Red, Cannon and Junior Gunner members via the Ticket Exchange Service. Away tickets. Bodo Glimt vs Arsenal. Asmira Stadium. Europa League, Thursday, October 13th, kick-off, 5.45pm. For more details, go to arsenal.com. Leeds United vs Arsenal, Elland Road, Premier League, Sunday, October 16th, kick-off, 2pm. We have received an allocation of 2,916 tickets for this fixture. Tickets are priced at adult, £26, over 65s, £25. Under 24s, £25. Under 19s, £22. Under 16s, £20. Under 11s, £8. Accessibility, adult, £25. Restricted views are discounted by £2. Please go to arsenal.com to view the priority booking periods for this fixture. Southampton vs Arsenal, St Mary's Stadium. Premier League, Sunday, October 23rd, kick-off 2pm. This fixture sold out to all Platinum, Gold and Current Travel Club member 40-plus away points. Sustainability. Little wonders. There's a picture in the programme featuring one of our workers tending to the neem tree seedlings in the community nursery last month. These seedlings should be ready to join their older siblings in the Arsenal Forest planting site very soon. In fact, we're hoping they will be in place by the time the World Cup starts in Qatar on November 20th in our ever-expanding forest. We are only a handful of trees away from hitting 20,000 on our site now. As with all babies, our neem saplings are thirsty. 
There's a second picture in the programme showing workers in the nursery watering the young neem with recycled water wherever possible. To mitigate against the water usage, shade netting is used above the nursery, which helps to keep the trees cool. But despite the protection offered by the nets in the hottest conditions, the saplings will still need to be watered every day to make sure they are strong enough for the big move up to the planting site next month. Harvest Help Out The circumstances of our recent match postponements against Everton and PSV Eindhoven were, of course, very sad. But there was a positive element that came out of the tragic circumstances. Delaware North, the long-standing caterers at Emirates Stadium, had already fully stocked the stadium in preparation for both games. They decided to make sure that others would benefit and the large amounts of food wouldn't go to waste and so set about redistributing this to charitable causes. Huge amounts of fresh fruit, vegetables and salads, together with bread, hot dogs and even 400 litres of milk, were collected by City Harvest, a charity specialising in redistributing excess food. In all, nearly a thousand meals worth of food otherwise destined for the bin and composting was given to those who are struggling to feed their families in these particularly difficult economic times. This isn't the first time that we have been able to help those in need. The community department regularly help food banks. And who can forget the huge amount of work they did during the lockdowns caused by the pandemic, where they worked with Islington, Camden and Hackney Councils and HIS Church to provide over 219 tonnes of food, equating to more than 500,000 meals to support those most vulnerable in the local community. Grow your own. Carbon Link has already received lots of orders for trees from supporters wishing to add to the Arsenal Forest. More than 19,000 are now being planted. Thanks for getting involved. We want to expand our 12.5-acre area to make our forest as big as possible. There are three options to purchase trees, 25 for £25, 50 for £50, 100 for £100. If you are concerned about your own carbon footprint, this is an excellent way of making a small sustainable step in the right direction and also doing it in the name of the club you love. And what a unique gift for an Arsenal fan in your life. Scan the QR code on the programme for more information on our project and details of how to be part of our forest. Net Zero Heroes Every programme we hear how a member of the Arsenal women's squad is thinking about sustainability. This issue we hear from central defender Lot Vuben Moy, fresh from her magnificent performance against Ajax in the second leg of the Champions League qualifier. One of the things that I'm really conscious of is the reliance on single-use plastic and the damage that has done to the environment across the globe over recent decades, the defender said. Therefore, I always make sure I have a tote bag that I can carry my shopping in, and also within the bag I'll have a reusable water bottle so I don't need to use multiple plastic bottles of water either. There's a lot to like about your commitment to sustainability, Miss Vuben Moy. Keep remembering that tote bag. What do you do?
Whether your match day is at the Emirates, going to every away game, watching at your local pub, or waking up on the other side of the world in the middle of the night and stumbling down to your sofa, we want to hear how you've made match day more sustainable. If we feature your story in the programme, we will plant 25 trees in our Arsenal forest for you, with a certificate and GPS of your little bit of Arsenal in Africa. Team director of Lunda Football Club in Siaya County in Kenya, Austin Orianya, told us about his team's amazing efforts. Lunda Football Club were founded on the premise of their love for Arsenal's famous invincibles. Every day, a group of the players walk into the football showing halls and bars in their numbers to watch an Arsenal game, and when they do that, they plant a tree in any nearby market or school for the memory of that particular game. With the rain currently pouring, we expect to plant more trees and are hoping that each tree is contributing to our great run of form. And we wish the boys all the very best this season. More innovation from Kenya, just like our Arsenal Forest. Magnificent. Player Feature Inspirational William Saliba We speak to our players about where they find their inspiration. After spending the last three years out on loan, William Saliba looks like he's been making up for lost time at the start of the season, with a string of impressive performances. Here, our young defender reveals how his Arsenal connections go back even further than when we signed him in 2019, and how the Gunners were influencing him from a very young age. There's a whole generation of footballers, especially from France, who grew up inspired by the magic of Thierry Henry. William Saliba, the only Frenchman in our first-team squad, was no exception. Born in the northeastern Paris suburb of Bondy in 2001, William grew up idolising the legendary Gunners forward, who would lead Arsenal out as captain five years later in 2008 in the Champions League final in the French capital, just 10 kilometres or so from our number 12's hometown. By then, William was already football mad. He says he was inspired to take up the sport purely for his love of the game. Being able to play football full-time was all he ever wanted to do. When I was a kid, I was always playing football, he says. I just loved football from whenever I can remember. When I was three years old, I wanted to become a professional footballer. When I was older, it stayed as my dream for my whole life. It didn't really come from my family, really, because they didn't like football like I did, he adds. But they gave me a ball when I was a very small kid, and ever since that moment, I was playing football. I didn't really do any other sports. Football was my favourite. I used to do athletics for a bit, just one year, really, the sprint events. But I always played football and joined a club when I was six years old. He says he loved watching it just as much as kicking a ball himself, and would watch the France national team at first. Les Bleus were reigning world and European champions when he was born. Soon he got more into club football. It was a golden time for Arsenal as well, of course, and it was a side with a distinctly French flavour. Little surprise then that we soon became William's favourite team. When I was growing up, I watched all the Champions League games. I couldn't watch the other games because we didn't have all the channels but that was the first time I watched Arsenal in the Champions League. 
Then I had an Arsenal shirt when I was about seven or eight years old. I loved watching Arsenal. I had Henri on the back of my shirt. He was the one I looked up to the most. I loved watching him. Arsene Wenger was the manager, so there was a lot of French connections with Arsenal. I remember watching the big Champions League games against Barcelona. I remember, but the other games too. Back then, young William wanted to grow up to be just like Thierry. He may have since developed into one of the continent's most promising young defenders, but he actually started out as a forward. Maybe not surprising, considering he was coached by Kylian Mbappe's father at his first club. Where I'm from in France, everybody plays football. He continues. A lot of big footballers are from Bondy, Kylian Mbappe, Jonathan Ikoni, and lots of others. So people play a lot of football there. I wasn't always a defender. I was a striker all the way through the academy until I was twelve years old. I played in midfield a bit as well, but I only became a defender when I changed club. I joined a club called Montfermeil, and that was the age when we went to playing on a full-size pitch. The coach there said to me, "Let me try you at centre back," and from that moment I didn't change. I was always tall for my age, so I liked playing there, and I started watching defenders more and more to learn from them. I watched all the top defenders, wanting to learn from all of them, and at that time, especially Virgil Van Dyke, was somebody I looked at to learn from his game. Willow soon progressed to become spoken about as an outstanding central defender in his own right. And he was on the move again when he was just fifteen, snapped up by Saint-Étienne, some five hundred kilometers south of Paris. He turned pro aged seventeen and was straight into the first team in Ligue 1, making sixteen appearances during his debut season. That's when Arsenal came calling, and we won the race for the highly rated eighteen-year-old signature in July 2019. Despite interest from elsewhere at the time, William says it was an easy decision to make. This is a special club, he says. You know that when Arsenal is interested in you, you are going to be very happy. There was no decision to make. You don't need to make a reflection. It was an easy choice. As soon as I knew Arsenal wanted me, I wanted to come here. However, arriving at Arsenal and playing at Arsenal proved to be two very different propositions. As part of the transfer, he was loaned back to Saint-Étienne for another season to continue his development. The plan worked wonderfully. He was a regular starter until injury brought his campaign to a premature end. But by then, he had helped his side reach their first French Cup final since 1982. At the end of the season, he returned to the Gunners. By now, under the management of Mikel Arteta, and his first involvement with the first team squad was against Liverpool in the Community Shield at Wembley, albeit one where he watched our victory from the bench as an unused substitute. It was a time of big change at Arsenal, with Arteta setting about remodelling the squad he had inherited, and there was no space in our twenty-five-man squad for the young defender. So another loan spell in France followed, this time at Nice, before he spent the whole of the twenty-twenty-one-twenty-two season at Marseille. His development continued apace in the south of France. There he made more than fifty appearances in all competitions, helped his side to the Europa Conference semi-final. Assured Champions League qualification, was named Ligue 1 Young Player of the Year, and also made his senior debut for France in a stunning year. Little wonder that Arsenal supporters were desperate to see him finally run out in the red and white this season.
When I was on loan, it helped motivate me every day, knowing that Arsenal were watching me, were in touch with me, and that I would soon be back here, he reflects. My objective was always to come back and play here, so I knew I had to fight and work a lot while I was away from the club if I wanted to come back. Somebody from the club was in touch with me every week, giving me advice, encouraging me, and I knew that they were supporting me even though I was in France. Also, having the love of the fans behind me while I was on loan was very special for me and helped me a lot. I saw some of it on social media, of course, and it made it easier for me to play. I want to give the fans something back now, to thank them for their support. He has been repaying them ever since making an impressive debut, some 1,107 days after signing, against Crystal Palace on the opening day. He started with a win at Emirates Stadium too, though he netted an unfortunate own goal against Leicester in that 4-2 victory on his home debut, only to more than make amends away to Bournemouth in the following match. He scored a screamer with his left foot to add to his all-round defensive masterclass on the south coast. It was also the day his chant was born. I first heard the song during the first half. I was so happy, very, very happy in fact and it helped me a lot to be focused on the game. It was so good. After the game, I walked over to the fans to say thanks, because they helped me all through that game. But even in the Leicester game, they were supporting me. The reaction after the own goal meant a lot to me, but I don't say I was surprised by it, because I know how good the fans are here. I really appreciated it, though. It was great to hear. He says the reception has helped him to settle in London, the first time he's ever lived outside of France, although there are a few aspects of English life that he's still adapting to. The food, he laughs. The food is different, but it's good here as well. I'm from Paris, so London is not so different. It's another city, so I think it's similar to France. The English people are different, though, and I'm still getting used to the language, but it's okay. My family have not been able to come and watch me play yet, just my friends so far. But my family will come soon, this month. I have one sister and one brother, and I speak to them all the time. They are happy with how it's going right now. They love the song the fans have for me. Happy on the pitch and happy off it. Still only 21, there's no question that William has a bright future ahead of him. His experiences growing up and during three recent loan spells have all added to the overall package but now is the time he wants to deliver for the club, his club. Yes, now I want to win everything, he states. I want to help the club to come back to the very top. I will give everything for this club to help us get back there. It has been hard for me as well at times at Arsenal, not playing all the time, but sometimes sport is like this. You don't only have good moments. It's part of life. That's all in the past. Now I'm just focused on the present and on the future. I want to do my best for Arsenal and keep improving and working hard every day. Community Voice Project Arsenal Students Level 3 Sport Science and Coaching Established 1986 Participants since starting over 1,000. Weekly participants, 32. Sessions, Monday to Friday. Academic timetable. 
available to students 16 to 18 years. More information, Martin Davis, mdavis at arsenal.co.uk. Ben is a 17-year-old from Islington, taking part in our Level 3 student programme. I first heard about the Level 3 programme through my brother, who had previously taken the course and thoroughly enjoyed it. He recommended it to me as an option. When I was younger, I was involved in the Arsenal Double Club at Highgate. I really enjoyed that experience as it led me to join Arsenal in the community's football team, which I also really enjoyed. Year 11 was a tough year, as it left me with nothing to strive for in the future. However, since becoming an Arsenal student, I now know what I want to do in the future. The first time I was introduced to Martin and Tony, the tutors of the BTEC, I instantly knew they were different to the teachers that I previously had. They held you to a higher standard and treated you like young adults, which I really respected. When meeting my other classmates, I was nervous, as I knew no one there. However, everyone was welcoming, and it created a positive environment. I was involved in the Arsenal Stats Sports event at the Emirates Stadium. It was one of the best experiences of my life. The event was a training session by an academy coach, replicating practices used in the academy. The event ended in an 11-a-side match on the full pitch, in which I scored. Through being part of the project, I would say that I've made very good friends with various people in the college. They've allowed me to have the best college experience I could have possible, and I'm very thankful to them all. The college has had many positive effects on me, but the main one, I would say, is that I've gained confidence. Through coaching sessions and presentations, I've gained a lot of confidence through putting myself in uncomfortable environments. The thing that has surprised me the most about the programme is the opportunities that they provide you. I came with the expectation that there would be opportunities, but not to the extent that I have had. Being part of Arsenal is amazing. The badge holds a lot of weight, which allows for various opportunities both locally and internationally. When college finishes at the end of the day, I look forward to tomorrow, as I enjoy studying and speaking to the people that are there. Without doubt, when I leave college, I would instantly want to come back. Foundation Voice The Arsenal Foundation helped Rathbone Amateur Boxing Club run free sessions this summer to help young people in Camden get active. Coach GP, 20, from North London, led the sessions. I got into boxing when I went to college to do an NVQ in sports science. It wasn't really what I thought I'd get into, but I didn't really click with the academic side and leaned more towards sports, so I went to the boxing academy there. I found I wasn't completely terrible, even though I was new to it. Coach Dougie watched me on the pads and said, Not bad, son. But there were also elite-level boxers there, and at that stage I was just happy to hold the pads for them. I was learning all the time. Then lockdown happened. It was a hard time for everyone, and to keep myself busy I started doing some pad work with friends outdoors when we were allowed. I have a neighbour with a younger brother who was 12, and he was being a bit cheeky asking me if I was a coach, so I said yeah and started teaching him and a few of his friends. I stepped up in my second year at the academy. 
I can't stress what a big influence Dougie was on me. He's the reason I am where I am today. Once I'd finished at college, I was looking for work, and Dougie put me in touch with Rachel at Rathbone. I wanted to earn a living, of course, but I was also willing to work for free to get a start. I was of no benefit to the community when I was younger, but I'm proud that has changed. Luckily, the club got me a six-month Kickstarter fund to get me into work, and I haven't looked back. I was still very new to boxing, but soon I was working with youngsters and then senior amateurs, and I enjoyed developing serious people. I'm working towards being a professional coach, and that includes building amateur fighters as well. The Arsenal Foundation helped us to run a series of sessions to help get kids active in Camden, and it went really well. We had a range of people from 11 to 17 years old, and it was great to see how they improved over the weeks. Many of them have signed up with our sister club, Hawley ABC, and I'm still coaching them now. I was also proud of the feedback I got from the parents, who said they loved the way I was teaching and motivating the kids. I'm not a motivational speaker, but I could relate to them. I made sure to include everyone, give them all time, and treat them all as if they were my own brothers. When you look at the money in top-level sport, I think it's really important that football clubs give help and support to local organisations. And for me, it was a big thing to be working on something with the Arsenal Foundation. If the money's there, it's good to use it. It can change whole lives. For more info, visit rathboneboxingclub.com forward slash pages forward slash RABC. Minute Detail Since the start of the Premier League in 1992-93, Arsenal have scored more than 2,000 goals. In this series, we choose one memorable goal per minute. Today, we're looking at three more, including an all-time Thierry Henry classic in the NLD. Emile Smith-Rowe, Arsenal 3-1, Tottenham Hotspur, September 26, 2021. A goal straight out of Hale End. The Gunners made a blistering start to the North London derby at the Emirates and this opening goal was no less than Mikel Arteta's men deserved. Martin Odegaard brought the ball forward in midfield before finding Bukaya Saka on the right wing. His low cross into the middle was met perfectly by the right boot of Emile Smith-Rowe, who fired in beyond Hugo Lloris' first time to spark wild celebrations. The Gunners went on to complete a comfortable 3-1 win. It's probably the best day of my life. Emil said after the match. I've always dreamed of this day to score for Arsenal against Tottenham. With my family here, it's the best feeling ever. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, Arsenal 4-2, Leeds United, February 14th, 2021. The first goal of Auber's only Premier League hat-trick for us. Granit Xhaka passed to the striker outside the area, with four or five Leeds defenders between him and the goal. He strode forward, though, into the box, deceived his man with a couple of stepovers to move the ball on to his right foot, then caught Leeds goalkeeper Ilan Meliere out with a low snapshot into the bottom corner. Orba netted again on 41 and 47 minutes to complete a 34-minute hat-trick, setting Arsenal to a resounding 4-2 Valentine's Day victory behind closed doors at the Emirates.
Thierry Henry, Arsenal 3-0 Tottenham Hotspur, November 16th, 2002. It started with a Tottenham throw near our own corner flag. It ended 13 seconds later with Thierry Henry firing a low left-footed shot into the corner of the North Bank goal. Only it didn't end there, because just as memorable as this incredible solo goal was Henri's celebration afterwards. He sprinted back the length of the pitch to slide on his knees in front of the away fans. The moment is cast in bronze outside the Emirates, should your memory ever fail you. It was Patrick Vieira who can claim an assist for the goal as he headed clear the Spurs throw inside his own box for Henri to turn and run on to midway inside our own half. From there, the number 14 ran and ran deeper and deeper into the Spurs territory. Legend has it the instructions bellowed from the away team bench as Henri broke into the box were, Show him on his left! Henri duly obliged to finish one of the great all-time derby goals. Academy Young Gun Alexi Rojas The Basics, born September 28, 2005 Joined Arsenal, February 2019, under-13 Height and weight, 6 foot 1 inch, 78 kilograms Position, goalkeeper School, Palmetto School, Watford Rate yourself out of 100 Handling, 93 Positioning, 95 Reflexes 90 Distribution 97 Strength 88 Interview Emma Holbrook Photography David Price The past My favourite Arsenal player of all time is Petr Cech My earliest Arsenal memory is Winning the FA Cup in 2014 My favourite goal I've ever scored is The only goal I've ever scored was for my grassroots team a football memory that makes me smile. Making my debut for Colombia. The moment I realised I could make it is when I joined my first Sunday league team. One piece of advice I would give my younger self is keep walking hard and always do extra. My best subject in school was PE. The first player who made me fall in love with football is Petr Cech. Growing up, my position was goalkeeper. The coach who has impacted my game most is Matt Doyle. My most clutch moment so far is saving a penalty to win the game. The present. My favourite rising footballer is Aaron Ramsdale. My best attribute on the field is distribution. One thing I'm doing to improve my education is studying A-level economics in Italian. My favourite current Arsenal player is Aaron Ramsdale. My favourite YouTuber is Jeb Brooks. My hardest working teammate is Harrison Dudziak. My most skillful teammate is Ethan Nwaneri. My favourite training drill is crossing. My favourite musical artist is Herencia de Timbiki. From the moment I started playing football, I knew that I wanted to be a goalkeeper. Even when I was just kicking a ball around with my dad and my brother in the park using trees for goalposts. It was a position that always came naturally to me. Funnily enough, my dad was never a big football fan until I fell in love with the game. Now he loves it too. 
My brother also grew up playing football, but he's taken a slightly different path to me. He's trained to become a professional referee. My route to Arsenal has never been far away from London Colney. I played for a few Sunday league teams until the age of 13. Boreham Wood FC was the first back when I was five, and when I moved to St Albans, I played for St Albans City for a couple of years. Then came London Colney Colts, a team who often had Arsenal scouts watching the games. I am still in good contact with Rob Bray, the scout who invited me for an Arsenal trial. Usually the trials last eight weeks, but after only four I was told that I was heading to Hale End. I still remember the exact day that I signed for Arsenal, February 28, 2019. I never looked back. My first impression when I got to Hale End was one of amazement. I was astounded by the facilities because I'd never been in such an environment where you had everything that you could possibly need. Once I was there, it honestly felt like home. I maximised the opportunities and I think I adapted pretty well to the environment. I've had nothing but really positive experiences. I've always said to people, if I could be at any place, it would always be the training ground. When I was younger, that used to be Hale End, but now it's London Colney. It's my favourite place to be. As a goalkeeper, there are four of us in the under-18s. I think the most important thing is that we all get along. We understand that we need to push each other, and in training sessions we do our best to make each other better and make ourselves better. When you add in our excellent goalkeeper coaches too, it's a great environment to thrive in. I always go into a game expecting to play at some point, even if I'm on the bench. I still have the same mentality. I'll warm up like I'm playing and I ensure I'm mentally prepared too. Nothing changes because I never know when I might have to come on. As well as being at the academy, I've also attended national youth team training camps with England, Russia and Colombia. But Colombia is where my heart lies and I've already decided to only represent them in the future. Who knows, maybe there's a trophy lift in our future. Growing up, Petr Cech was my idol. I've tried to incorporate the leadership aspects of his game into my own, as well as how he dominated his penalty area. Even if I'm not the captain, I still see myself as a leader, and the players seem to like it. They want to have a keeper who's vocal and instills confidence in them. I've always loved the responsibility and leadership that comes with being in goal. These days, I look up to Aaron Ramsdale a lot, because of what he's been able to achieve with us in such a short space of time and how he's proved his doubters wrong. Like Aaron, I love playing out from the back, with the ball at my feet. When we're in possession, it's great to help out the team like you're another outfield player. But when we're out of possession, being proactive, trying to prevent chances and making big saves in big moments is what I aim to do. It's not just goalkeepers who inspire me, of course. Bukayo Saka is such a role model, and not only because of his journey through the academy. After talking with him on multiple occasions, I've seen he's such a great person. It's wonderful to see what he's been able to achieve and how people look up to him. I think one of the greatest things about Arsenal is the fact that our players come through the academy. The club inspires all of us. If we have good performances on the pitch, our chance will come. Working with Jack Wilshire this year has been incredible. The fact that he's still so young and has had the same journey means he really connects with us. 
Jack has already helped me a lot and he's improving as a coach as well. He likes playing football in an aggressive and modern way, which is the style of play we all love too. Off the pitch, I've always been interested in the environment and how we can all live a more sustainable lifestyle. When I was back at Hale End, I remember speaking to our facilities managers and we were able to make quite a few changes, like no longer using single-use plastic and switching to compostable packaging. It's become more of a spoken topic around the training ground. We have more meetings on it, and at the end of last season, us under-16s had a sustainability tour to Scotland, which was so educational. It's not easy to create change because we're all used to doing things in a certain way, and change isn't necessarily what we want. But the more you influence people, and the more people understand why they need to change, it can become a reality. Strong young gunners are sustainable gunners. Tell us one thing you're doing to help the environment. Cycle to training. The future. A player who could go all the way is Amario Cozier Dubry. If I could play with anyone, I would like to play with Cristiano Ronaldo. I will be happy with my career if I play in the Premier League and for the Colombian senior team. I want to make a difference by being the best goalkeeper in the world. One thing I want to add to my game is creating more chances and getting assists. If I could get a degree in anything, I would choose psychology. I would be a better player if I keep improving every day. If I could play in any other country, I would play in Spain. One person I want to meet is Gianluigi Buffon. One trophy I would love to win is World Cup. My dream first team squad number is one. Inside Job, Mark Brindle. Each programme we catch up with a member of staff to find out more about what makes the club tick behind the scenes. Today we hear from supporter liaison officer Mark Brindle. Arsenal through and through. Mark talks us through his important role at the club. The Arsenal has been a really big part of my life since childhood. My granddad worked in the Foreign Office and he was a big influence on me when I was a kid. He used to come to Highbury. I remember he went to the Anderlecht game in 1970 and away matches too, including that famous one at White Hart Lane in 1971. My granddad was a fantastic storyteller and he'd tell me stories about the Arsenal team of the 1930s. Alex James in his baggy shorts, Ted Drake and his seven goals, things like that. I was really keen to go and see what it was all about, and in November 1971, I finally got my wish. We were living in Woolwich. At that age, I wasn't aware of the connections. There was a lot of strong support for Arsenal in South London at the time, because after the war, a lot of people were moved from Islington to Thamesmead. My first game was against Manchester City. Sammy Nelson scored for us, but we lost 2-1. I cried my eyes out afterwards. I still remember the feeling of visiting Highbury for the first time. It was a beautiful, sunny day, despite it being autumn, and we sat in the West Stand. I got my first season ticket in around 1980, I moved to Essex when I married my wife in 1997. At that point, I'd already done quite a bit of work on the fans' forum 
and foot red action, but then I noticed there wasn't an Essex supporters club. I spoke to Jill Smith, the supporter liaison officer, who I'd known for years, and she told me there was someone else, in Harold, interested in starting one up. I spoke to Ian, and we built it from there. I worked in financial services, ultimately running my own business for around 25 years. During that time, I'd still do quite a lot of work together with the club. I knew Jill Smith and her boss, Sue Campbell. I always used to joke around with Jill and tell her I'd have loved to have done her job, all the while thinking she'd never retire. Jill truly is Mrs. Arsenal. She still goes to every game, home and away. Anyway, one day I got an email with news of Jill's upcoming retirement. At that point, I'd had enough of my business, so I spoke to my wife, and she told me to have a chat with Sue. I left it today and then picked the phone up. I asked Sue if she'd be recruiting for Jill's position. She burst out laughing and told me she was disappointed it had taken me a day to phone her. Sue told me it was an even playing field and that I'd need to go through the interview process. After my final interview, she took me to the lifts and, as we were waiting, a door swung open and who should walk out but Liam Brady, my all-time hero. Sue introduced me to him and then the door opened again, and Frank McClintock came through it. On the train home from Islington that day, my phone kept ringing. It was Sue. She asked if I was somewhere quiet, and when I told her I was on a packed commuter train, she told me to make sure I was sitting down. Sue told me I got the job, and it all got a bit much. Half the people on the train started looking at me because I couldn't help but well up. That was eight years ago. I joined in April 2014, a month before we beat Hull in the FA Cup final. I was at the victory parade the day after, and being on the inside was just such a change from what I was used to. It was incredible. In terms of my role, the UEFA definition of a supporter liaison officer is to ensure everyone has a positive experience on a match day. I'll work towards that during the week. There's a lot of collaborative work with other departments helping to plan events. On a match day, I make sure I'm visible and present for people to come and talk to me. I attend a lot of supporter events. We also run the Fans Forum, and I'm involved with the advisory board too. I'll hold regular meetings with the Arsenal Supporters Trust and other groups. It's full on, but the beauty of it is that every week is different. Supporters groups are a vital part of this club. A really good example was the recent tour to the United States. Dealing with Arsenal America, the supporters club out there, and witnessing the passion for the Arsenal was just amazing. We were out in Baltimore, and they had a pub that's solely for Arsenal supporters. It felt like being in Islington. You walked in, and there was just red and white everywhere. They'd organised a block party for match day, and honestly... They'd closed off the whole street. I'd say there were at least 2,000 people gathered outside. They all marched up to the stadium singing songs. That's what being in a supporters club is all about. It's that sense of community. Covid presented us all with issues, but we adjusted to that by moving meetings online. To make sure we were regularly in communication with supporters around the world, they took place monthly. We had guest speakers, and we've seen the audience grow as a result. You get people from all over the world joining in, 
which has been really beneficial. It's fostered a lot of good relations. Being back in Europe helps supporters attend matches too. I remember going to Bulgaria a few years ago. We had people travelling hundreds of miles to get to the game. They turned up at the ground three hours before kick-off and chanted for the full 90 minutes. When you see things like that, it really rams home how global this club is. One of my favourite aspects of the job is taking supporters into the ground for the first time, just like my granddad did with me all those years ago. I love the fact that we're all Gooners. We've never had issues at Arsenal with accepting people. When I first went in 1971 as a quiet kid from South London, I found a family, and that's what people still find now. There are three photographs with this article in the print version of this programme. The captions are as follows. Mark meets supporters before Arsenal take on Everton in Baltimore during this summer's pre-season. It felt like being in Islington, he says. Mark prepares to hand over the 2016-17 Player of the Season award to Alexis Sanchez. Mark's favourite aspect of the job is welcoming new supporters to the Emirates and into the Arsenal family. The Visitors, FK Bodo Glimt. FK Bodo Glimt in European competition. Champions League stroke European Cup once. Best, playoff round in 2021 stroke 22. European Cup Winners' Cup two times. Best, second round in 1978 stroke 79. Europa League stroke UEFA Cup five times. Best, group stage in 2022 stroke 23. Europa Conference League once. Best quarterfinals in 2021 stroke 22. Bodo Glimt are one of European football's modern day miracles. Hailing from northern Norwegian town of Bodo within the Arctic Circle, the team, locally known as just Glimt, meaning flash or lightning, or Den Gula Horde, the Yellow Horde, have emerged from nowhere to not only win their domestic league, Elite Syrian, for the past two years but also make waves in Europe. Tonight, Bodo Glimt face English opposition for the first time, but they have been raising eyebrows around the continent for the past two years, running AC Milan close in a Europa League qualifier at the San Siro in 2020-21, going all the way from the first qualifying round of the Champions League to the quarter-finals of the Europa Conference League in 2021-2022, a run of 20 matches, and this season making strong first impressions in the Europa League group stage. Although twice winners of the Norwegian Cup in 1975 and 1993, and occasional participants in Europe, Glimt were never considered a major force in their homeland until recently. Their meteoric rise began with the promotion of the unheralded Kedgetil Knudsen from assistant to head coach. The past four years under his stewardship, have brought extraordinary success. A runners-up placing in Elite Syrian 2019 was followed by a runaway record-smashing title triumph in 2020, then a successful title defence in 2021, and last season's lengthy sojourn in Europe. The result that really grabbed everyone's attention came around this time last year 
when Knutsen's side thrashed Jose Mourinho's Roma 6-1 at home in the Europa Conference League. Bodo Glimt also drew the return fixture 2-2 at Stadio Olimpico, but by a quirk of fate, they would be redrawn against Roma in the quarter-finals, after sensationally knocking out Celtic and AZ Alkmaar, and although they again beat Mourinho's men up in the Arctic Circle 2-1, a 4-0 defeat in the Italian capital brought their incredible journey to an end. This season, despite narrowly missing out on a place in the Champions League with an extra-time playoff defeat by Dinamo Zagreb, Glimt are making their debut in the Europa League group stage. After eight European group games, they have yet to be beaten, winning all four at home and drawing all four away. They also head Group A on four points, an opening 1-1 draw at PSV Eindhoven, followed by a 2-1 win at home to FC Zurich. The boss, Kjetil Knudsen, head coach, born 2nd October 1968, Arna, Norway. Previously, Homding, 1995-2004. Feilingen stroke Feilingen Stalin, 2009-13. Asana, 2014-15. The man behind the Bodo Glimp miracle, Knudsen, has been voted Elite Syrian Coach of the Year in each of the last three seasons. Largely unknown even in his native land until he replaced Asmund Bjorkan as head coach in 2018, he has completely transformed the fortunes of the Arctic Circle Club, leading them to a first-ever national title in 2020 and backing it up a year later during a historic run to the quarter-finals of the Europa Conference League. It seems inevitable that the 54-year-old will be enticed abroad, but for now he and his club are together enjoying a very special ride. Number 12. Between the Sticks. Nikita Haikin, goalkeeper. Born. Netanya, Israel, 11th of July 1995. Previously, Nacional, Marbella, Mordovia, Saransk, Kuban Krasnodar, Benai Yudena, Habol Kafar Saba. Bodo Glimp's first choice goalkeeper over the past three years, the Israeli-born Russian, had been something of a wandering minstrel until he settled in the Arctic Circle never finding a regular starting berth at any of his former clubs, including Russian Premier League sides Mordovia and Kuban, until he came under Kietl Knudsen's wing. The 27-year-old has played every minute of the club's eight European group stage games, conceding seven goals, and should make his 33rd European start for the club this evening. Number 4. Martin's mate, Marius Hoibraten, Defender Born Oslo, Norway, 23rd of January 1995. Previously, Lillestrom, Stroman, Lone, Stroms Godset, Sanderfjord. A former teammate of Martin Odegaard during his time at Storm Godset, Hoy Braten spent four and a half years with that club in the Norwegian top flight before suffering relegation with Sanderfjord, then re establishing himself in impressive fashion at Bodo Glimt where he has been a central defensive pillar of their recent successes. The former Norway youth international scored his first European goal in a 5-0 home win over Salgiris Vilnius in a Champions League qualifier this summer. Number 3. The Iceman. Alphonse Samsted. Defender. Born. Kopavogur, Iceland, 
6th of April 1998. Previously. Breiderblick. Tor Akureyri. Loan. Norkopping. Sylvia. Loan. Landskrona. Loan. Breiderblick. Loan. A rare foreigner in the Bodo Glimt ranks. Samsted is an Icelandic international defender who has been the club's right back of choice since he joined in February 2020. A key contributor to the club's back-to-back elite Syrian titles, he was the only player to feature from start to finish in all 12 of the club's matches in the Europa Conference League group stage and knockout phase last season. His highlight, the tie-winning extra-time equaliser at AZ Alkmaar in the round of 16 second leg, his first European goal. Number 14. The stalwart skipper. Ulrich Saldnes. Midfielder. Born. Bronneusund, Norway. 10th of November 1992. Previously. Bronneusund. A native Norlander, Saldnes has been a Bodo Glimp player for over a decade, experiencing all the club's highs and lows during that time, including two promotions, relegation, a couple of momentous title triumphs, and a host of memorable European nights. A do-it-all midfielder with a good goal-scoring record, 12 goals in the 2020 Elite Syrian success, 8 in the following campaign, he is fast approaching 300 appearances for the club, 30 of those already on the European stage. Number 10. On the rise. Hugo Vettlesen, midfielder. Born, Berum, Norway, 29th of February 2000. Previously, Starbeck. A gifted young attacking midfielder who was born on the first leap year day this millennium, Vettlesen is the latest up-and-coming Bodo Glimp player to attract interest from abroad. Capped by Norway at every age group from under 16 to under 21, but not yet a senior international, the 22-year-old broke through last year and has been a frequent scorer in 2022. His six European goals, including one in each game against Celtic and winning strikes against Roma and on match day two, FC Zurich. Number nine, on the mend, Ola Solbakken, forward. Born, Melhus, Norway, 7th of August 1998. Previously, Ranheim. Arguably the standout individual in Bodo Glimp's run to the Europa Conference League quarterfinals last season. Solbakken scored seven goals in the competition, including a double in the never-to-be-forgotten 6-1 win at home to eventual winners Roma and another in the Stadio Olimpico return. The 24-year-old Ford has struggled with injuries in 2022, however, and made his return from a 10-week layoff in the match day two encounter with FC Zurich. He has been capped twice by Norway. The late bloomer, Amal Pellegrino, forward. Born, Draman, Norway, 18th of June, 1990. Previously, Draman, Berun, Lillestrom, Mondalen, Stromgodset, Christiansund, Damak. When Bodo Glimt won the 2020 Elite Syrian title, Pellegrino was scoring 25 goals for fifth place Christiansund, a feat that earned him a move to the Saudi Professional League. The 32-year-old of Italian and Tanzanian ancestry evidently preferred the Arctic cold to the Arabian heat as he returned to join Bodo Glimt and played a leading role in the long European run. This season he has been on fire in front of goal, scoring at virtually one a game in the league 
and adding another four strikes in Europe. Number 11. The Northern Light. Renard Esbjord. Forward. Born. Tromso, Norway. 26th of February 1996. Previously. Tromso. Herenveen. Tromso. Loan. Hailing from Tromso, the Norwegian town that is even further to the north than Bodo, Esbjord was recruited by Glimt from his local side at the start of the year to replace star striker Erik Bortheim, who had made an ill-timed move to Russian club Kuban Krasnodar. Without a goal in an injury-truncated 2021 season for Tromso, he scored six minutes into his Bodo Glimt debut in a 3-1 win at Celtic Park and has continued to find the net with regularity both at home and in Europe. Scouting Report Words Michael Cox Photography Getty Images Many European leagues seem to throw up the same winners again and again, but Bodo Glimp's rise in recent seasons has been truly remarkable. They won their first ever Norwegian league title in 2020, retained their title the following season, and have attracted praise from around Europe for their bold tactical approach and development of young talent. When they won the league in 2020, they boasted the youngest squad in the Norwegian top flight. Ketil Knudsen almost religiously sticks to a 4-3-3 system, which features one midfielder sitting deep and the others pushing forward aggressively into the channels, at times resembling classic Ajax sides or the modern iteration of Manchester City. Although Bodo Glimp dominate possession in league matches, in European competitions they're a little more likely to strike quickly on the counter-attack. They're also an effective side, pushing up quickly and trying to regain possession in advanced positions. Goalkeeper Nikita Haikin and right-back Alphonse Samsted from Russia and Iceland respectively are likely to be the only non-Norwegian players in the side, which feels like something of a throwback. Samsted has started every league game this season, Norway's campaign takes place over the course of the calendar year, and is steady with his positioning, starting wide when Bodo Glimp play up, but sometimes tucking into central positions. Bryce Wembang Omo pushes forward down the opposite flank, with Marius Hoybraten and Marius Loder established as the central back pairing. Loda has returned to Bodo Glimt after a brief half-season with Schalke, and the same is true of holding midfielder Patrick Berg after his six months with Lentz, as if both players were desperate to return to the Knudsen system they know and love. Berg stays extremely deep, a classic holding midfielder, and his passing out to the flanks is crucial. His midfield colleagues are more adventurous. Ulrich Saltness has been with the club for over a decade, and often drifts left to combine with Bodo Glimp's left winger or pushes forward into goal-scoring positions. Meanwhile, 22-year-old Hugo Vetlesen is improving every year and has recently chipped in with some excellent goals, either struck from range or when breaking into the box. Going forward, the main threat is Amal Pellegrino, who's scoring at a rate of a goal per game in the elite Syrian. He's likely to start on the left and cut inside to shoot and also has a knack of scoring headed goals. However, Albert Gronbeck scored a brilliant curler from the left flank in the 1-1 draw with PSV, while speedy youngster Joel Mukva and youngster Ola Solbaken are also options out wide. Up front, Lars Salveson and Runa Espiod 
have both been handed one start apiece in the competition so far. Salveson is notably left-footed, while Esepjord probably offers more aerial threat. It feels like Knudsen hasn't yet found the right combination in the final third, but Bodo Glimt still play wonderful cohesive attacking football. Domestic form. A hat-trick of domestic titles is now effectively out of reach, as Bodo Glimt currently sit fourth in the Elite Serien, having played 23 of their 30 matches. Although they are currently outside of the European places for next season, Bodo Glimt are just two points off second place, with a superior goal difference to both Lillestrom and Rosenberg ahead of them. Arsenal's 2020-21 Europa League opponents, Mulder, have the title all but wrapped up, with a 13-point lead over Lillestrom. Match action. FC Zurich versus Arsenal. FC Zurich 1, Arsenal 2. FC Zurich scorer, Kreitzu, 44th minute penalty. Arsenal scorers, Marquinhos, 16th minute. Negataya, 62nd minute. Thursday, September the 8th, 2022. The Kaibun Park Stadium. Timeline. 16th minute. Marquinhos marks his debut by firing Arsenal ahead. 43rd minute. Nikataya fouls Aliti in the box for a penalty. 44th minute. Kryetsiu equalises for the hosts from the spot. 54th minute. Tierney has a shot saved. 62nd minute. Nikataya heads home the winner from Marquinhos's cross. Mikel Arteta. It was a big step for Marquinhos because he hasn't played enough minutes with us but we were willing to give him the opportunity. I think he deserved it. I think he took it really well. Facts. Nikataya has now scored on each of his last three starts in the Europa League. We kicked off the game with Britain under the Queen's rule and ended it under the Kings. Marquinhos became the 891st player in Arsenal history by making his debut. Matt Turner is player number 892. Match action. Premier League, Saturday, October 1st, 2022. 12.30pm, Emirates Stadium. Arsenal 3, Tottenham Hotspur 1. Timeline. 20 minutes. Party fires into the top corner from outside the box to open the scoring. 30. Kane equalises from the penalty spot after Gabriel fouls Richarlison. 49 minutes. Jesus pounces on a Loris error to tap home from close range. 62. Royale is sent off for a wild lunge on Martinelli. 67. Xhaka completes the scoring with a low finish in the box. Facts. Thomas Partey's opener for us rounded off a 21 pass move. Mikel Arteta is just the third manager in our history to win each of his first three home games against Tottenham after George Morrell, 1909-1911, and Terry Neal, 1977-1979. We have won each of our last three Premier League home games against Tottenham for the first time since September 2013. Teams For Arsenal, manager Mikel Arteta, 
Shirt, red with white sleeves. Shorts, white. Socks, red. 1. Aaron Ramsdale, goalkeeper. 3. Kieran Tierney. 4. Ben White. 5. Thomas Partey. 6. Gabriel Magalhães. 7. Bukayo Saka. 8. Martin Odegaard. 9. Gabriel Jesus. 10. Emil Smith-Rowe. 11. Gabriel Martinelli. 12. William Saliba. 14. Edian Keitier. 16. Rob Holding. 17. Cedric Suarez. 18. Takehiro Tomiyasu. 21. Fabio Vieira. 23. Albert Sambi Lokonga. 24. Reese Nelson. 25. Mohamed Elneny. 27. Marquinhos. 30. Matt Turner, goalkeeper. 31. Carl Hein, goalkeeper. 34. Granite Sharker. 35. Alexandra Zinchenko. For FK Buda Glimpse. Head coach. Shetil Knudsen. Shirt, yellow. Shorts, yellow. Socks, yellow. 1. Julian Feilund, goalkeeper. 2. Jaffet Seri. 3. Alphonse Samsted. 4. Maria Sulbraten. 5. Bryce Wembangomo. 6. Isaac Amundsen. 7. Amal Pellegrino. 8. Albert Grunbeck. 9. Ola Sobarkin. 10. Hugo Vettlesen. 11. Runa Espejord. 12. Nikita Heiken, goalkeeper. 14. Ulrich Saltness. 15. Anders Conradsen. 16. Morton Conradsen. 18. Brea de Mou. 19. Sonora Brunstad Fett. 21. Lucas Kubre. 22. Marius Lorde. 23. Elias Hagen. 27. Sandra Soli. 29. Nino Sugale. 32. Joel Mogisha. 77. Patrick Berg. 88. Lars Jorgen Salverson. Referee. Harm Osmos. Assistant Referees. Robert Kempner. Dominic Schall. Fourth Official. Robert Schroeder. VIR Official. Bastian Dankert. Additional VAR Official. Ovidu Hartigan. Romania. All tonight's officials are from Germany unless stated. Tonight's other Europa League fixtures, 8pm unless stated. Group A, FC Zurich vs PSV Eindhoven, 5.45pm. Group B, Fenerbahce vs AEK Larnaca. Rennes vs Dynamo Kiev. Group C, HJK Helsinki vs Ludogorets, 5.45pm. Roma vs Real Betis. Group D. Malmö vs FC Union Berlin. 5.45pm. Sporting Braga vs Union Saint-Gilloise. Group E. Ammonia Nicosia vs Manchester United at 5.45pm. Sheriff Tiraspol vs Real Sociedad. Group F. SK Sturmkratz vs Laszlo 5.45pm. FC Midtjylland vs Feyenoord. Group G. Olympiakos vs FK Karabakh. SC Freiburg vs Nantes. Group H. Red Star Belgrade vs Varenciavaros. 5.45pm. 
Monaco versus Trabzonspor. No room for racism. The Arsenal Foundation, helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. No room for racism anywhere. Arsenal and the rest of the Premier League will not tolerate racism anywhere. And we are taking action to combat all forms of discrimination. But we can all do more. Challenge it, report it, change it, and together we can make a positive impact. Visit premierleague.com forward slash no room for racism to find out more. Hashtag no room for racism. Challenge it, report it, change it. Premier League, Arsenal. Akagera National Park, Rwanda. Your safari awaits. Visit Rwanda. Official tourism partner of Arsenal Football Club. Plan your journey at www.visitrwanda.com. Instagram and Twitter at visitrwanda underscore now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 